Aliens, Star Wars, Star Trek. Those are some huge names in the sci-fi world, but there's one movie that everyone needs to see. One movie that stood the test of time. This movie has taken its vitamins and said its prayers. If you haven't guessed it by now, it's 1991's Suburban Commando. Hulk Hogan is Chef Ramsay. He takes no nonsense. Be sure. He pulls no punches. <laughs> my cat. And he leaves no stone unturned. That's not my cat. Oh. Because this time, he's more than the Hulkster. He's Suburban Commando. Oh. Hulk Hogan, Christopher Lloyd, Suburban Commando. Rated PG. Starts Friday, October 4th at a theater near you. In the 80s and the 90s, there was no other professional wrestler bigger than Hulk Hogan. In 1982, we got our first taste of what the Hulkster can do on the big screen when he portrayed Thunderlips, the ultimate male in Rocky III. Then somebody sat around and thought, wow, Hulk can carry a movie. And in 1989, we got the underground fighting classic, No Holds Barred. What's that smell? <laughs> After watching this movie for so many years, it's not hard to believe that it sat on the cutting room floor for the longest time. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger turned it down. Can you believe what this movie would have been like if they had actually accepted it? It may have actually been a classic. But they opted to make Twins instead. Good for them. The years went by and nothing was done with this script. Then someone figured, hey, you know what? Let's add Hulk Hogan. This is a billion dollar idea right here. Bro. I was first introduced to this movie when I had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 VHS tape. Two trailers played before this movie. And guess what? One of them was for Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even, which was a hot steaming pile of crap the second one had hulk hogan in space what more could a boy have asked for well the cherry on top was christopher lloyd if anyone who knows me knows that i am a huge back to the future fan and to see him in this movie i was all in i was all ears i was all eyes i was all everything you could have asked for so when the time was right and I was finally able to rent Suburban Commando because my parents refused to take me to the fucking movies to go watch it. I got the tape, ran home finally, put it in the VCR, and then this played. Hey, Hulkamaniacs, you proved to the Hulkster that you're a true Hulkamaniac by renting my new movie, Suburban Commando, one of the greatest movies the Hulkster's ever appeared in. Now I'm going to tell you about another big hit, the Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game. By dialing 1-900-454-HULK, you can hear my daily power pack messages, giving you the latest scoops on the WWF. Plus, you can play my Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game, where I'll be your manager for the match of your life as you wrestle against the biggest and the baddest dudes in the WWF, like Ric Flair and The Undertaker and others. You could win and be eligible for a drawing for a great prize, including a grand prize, an all-expense-paid trip to meet me in person. Remember, the cost of the call is $1.49 for the first minute and $0.99 cents for each additional minute. If you're under 18, make sure you have your mom or your dad's permission before calling. What you gonna do when Suburban Commando and then Hulk Hogan WWF Wrestling Challenge Game run wild on you?
I apologize for you having to hear that. Jeez. I'm too much of a chicken shit to call that. So if anybody out there has the fucking grapefruits, call that number. Let me know what actually happens. I'd like to know if it's still active. This movie starts off doing its best shitty imitation of Star Wars. You get the whole backdrop. You get the ships. You get all the laser beams. You get all the bullshit, right? Then we meet Chep Ramsey, Hulk Hogan's character. He comes in, saves the fucking day, and then that's it. His ship gets a little bit damaged. His boss tells him, hey, look, dude, you're probably going to have to, you know, take a vacation. Hogan's like, well, why? He goes, well, your ship needs to be recharged. And they tell him it's going to take six weeks to fucking charge up his ship. Were these the same batteries that they used in the Power Wheels in the 90s? You know which ones I'm talking about where you charge them for like three days and it only gives you 30 minutes of play. So Hulk Hogan, Chep Ramsey, whatever you want to call him in this, I may fluctuate on both of those. But anyways, his occupation in space is that he's an intergalactic bounty hunter. Uh, I, I would just pretty much, you know, with that hairline, I'm just going to assume that he's like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but in space. He lands on Earth. And we get serenaded by a song, like a Jamaican-style song singing almost like Paradise. And if you really, really listen to it, Hogan is actually doing backup vocals for that. Wow. This dude used to play bass, or claims to have played bass for like over 10 years. Does anybody ever remember that rumor that he started that he was going to audition to be Metallica's bass player? The lie detector determined that was a lie. Well, he's rocking around, um, you know, I guess trying to look for something to do. He sees a man eating a fucking plate of spaghetti. And uh, apparently he leaves his dog in the truck, which is bullshit, right? Well, Hogan goes and takes his clothes, kind of like Terminator. And the roles kind of switch. The dog is now eating spaghetti and the man is stuck in the truck right now. So with the windows up, by the way. And now Hogan is looking for a place to stay. He comes across... A light post that has a very descriptive sign on it. This sign will lead him to his place of sleep. And all it says is, apartment for rent with a fucking arrow. What in the map quest is going on here? Now, I understand, like, map quest was just horrible. You know, you, you put in a destination, and instead of going straight, it took you around the fucking world to get there. But this just had an arrow. Are we led to believe that he's got fucking scanners in his eyes like the Terminator? I don't know. We meet Charlie Wilcox, Christopher Lloyd's character. Now, he's an architect who really isn't getting any credit for any of his work. And he's a fucking big pushover. His wife is pushing him to, to ask for a raise, but he's too much of a bitch to do it. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut this right off real quick. Shelley Duvall is fucking ghoulish looking. I, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that. It looks like somebody got a picture of Shelley Long and decided to draw it by memory with their feet. That woman's teeth are fucking humongous. If you remember her, she was on a Shining. She had that cigarette with the longest fucking ash that was about to fall, which would give you, which would give really anybody anxiety. Her teeth look like a row of urinals. You know what? And I'm not even the fucking catch of the day either. So before you say, well, you know, you need to look at yourself. I do look at myself, and you know what? I'll talk shit about myself all day long, but man, is this woman hard to look at. There's a scene in there where she thinks that Charlie, you know, got the raise, and she decides to put on a wig. Now she looks like fucking Caitlyn Jenner, 
And I was like, you know what? You know, if, if this turns into a sex scene, it's not going to be my proudest fap. So she's got the wig. She's got the lingerie going on. She's trying to woo Charlie into going into the bed so they can fucking get down. And he turns her down. She obviously gave him a soft on. And while this is going on, Hogan rings the doorbell and he's like, hey, I'm looking for the room that's available. Where he got that type of information off of that piece of paper, I don't know. Because it just has a fucking arrow and it says apartment for rent. So... She confesses that she turned Charlie's workshop into a, uh, I guess, bed and breakfast or an extra room that they can rent out because they need the money. So now that this movie is already getting going, we already met our main characters. We start to notice that this that there's a lot of scenes that just don't make sense. They just it feels like there's a lot of filler scenes in this. There's one where a, a girl whose cat is stuck in a tree, and then Hogan's getting roasted by some kids because he can't fucking skateboard. Then there's a saga of some dude driving a, a, a third-generation Camaro hauling ass because he's got fucking teeth drawn on the side of his car. I, I don't know. I, I didn't write this shit. But anyways, one of my favorite scenes in this was when Hogan meets the Wyatt family. I'm kidding. That's a re- For anybody who knows a wrestling joke and has seen this movie, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. Hogan meets a whole bunch of hillbillies. Now, these are the guys who's, whose guts go over their zipper. And I'm pretty sure when their pants come down, they have that that tire tread that the belt and the pants left around their waist. Somehow these guys are building drag strip cars. They're they're building them at their house. They're working on them, and they're parking them all along the street. And uh, one of the cars is blocking Charlie's driveway. Charlie's such a pushover. He just you know he parks across the street. Hogan doesn't take that shit lightly. He goes over there. Picks up one of them by the nose, moves it back so Charlie can park. And then we get one of the most iconic scenes, actually the iconic scene for me in this movie. Hey, Goldilocks! You got any idea what these cars are worth? 30,000 bucks. You got any idea what we're going to do to you if we find one itty-bitty scratch on them? Any idea? Let me guess. You're going to pound my face. Break every bone in my body. Then you're going to drag me across the gravel road and feed my remains to a warthog. Is that about right? What are you, nuts? This is the 90s. We're going to sue you. We're going to get you for willful destruction of property. Yeah. Mental anguish. That's giving it to them. Loss of work hours. We get through with you, you ain't going to have a dime left of your name. You'll be hearing from our attorney. As I said earlier, this movie is full of random scenes. There's a little saga between Hogan and a mime, which is just, it's actually really funny. And then you get where Hogan leans on a car and the alarm starts to threaten him. And and Hogan decides to threaten the alarm as, as only Hogan can do. And then the alarm apologizes to him. It's really stupid. I feel like the plot of this movie really has only 45 minutes and the rest of it is just fill time full of crap. Eventually, Charlie finds out. Chep's real identity or what he really is and he decides to put on that powerful suit that Hogan wore at the beginning of this movie and as usual he has to go save the the damsel in distress which was I believe she was a hooker being attacked by two just thugs and he shows up and he threatens the two guys and instead of shooting him in the dick like Robocop he clicks the two boots together and he jumps in the air as high as he could And he falls on top of these two guys, knocking him out. 
The woman is like super grateful to him. She starts rubbing up on him. All of a sudden, the crotch area of his suit starts to light up. Who wrote this shit? Anyways, he leaves a gun behind. Now, a little note on a lot of these props in this movie. The guns were used in Masters of the Universe. You know, the He-Man movie. So, he goes and tells Hogan that, well, hey, I left a gun behind. And Hogan's like, oh, shit, you shouldn't have turned that on. Now these other bounty hunters are going to try to look for me. Let's find my gun. Well, what do they pull out? Another prop from another movie. The PKE meter from Ghostbusters. So they use the PKE meter as a tracking device. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't even know why. But anyways, they're looking for it. They find out that the two thugs that he knocked over in the alley are now using that gun to freeze everybody in the bank while they rob it. The bounty hunters show up, and one of them is actually played. By Mark Calloway. That's right. The Undertaker. Well, they have this big scuffle in the bank. Charlie ends up getting frozen by the gun. And uh, Hogan takes him to where he can get thawed out. Once he thaws, they have this huge argument. And we get the, the most talked about line in this whole movie. I was frozen today! Hogan realizes that these bounty hunters are just going to cause trouble and they're going to try to kill him. So him and Charlie are trying to devise a plan to get him off of the planet. Now, there's only two ways to get off. And I'm not, you know what, that's not even a dirty joke or a premise to one. There's only one way to get him off of the planet. That just sounds even worse. Anyways, he tells Charlie, well, it's either wait the six weeks and these guys are probably going to kill me. Or, unless you have... You know, Simeon Crystal sitting around. Uh, there's no way for me to get off of here in enough time. Charlie sits there and says, well, my boss has Simeon Crystals. You know what? Who wrote this shit? And I apologize if you're still listening to this because I didn't write none of this movie. And you know what? Fuck it. I love this movie. Anyways. At the end of this movie, we see the villainous General Suter. He finally makes his grand appearance since the beginning of the movie for the first 30 seconds. He decides that he wants to finish the job that he once started a long time ago and kill Chep Ramsey. Charlie decides that he wants to help out Ramsey defeat this dude. So he grabs one of his gloves, one of those power gloves that Hogan wore throughout this whole movie and crushes Suter's nuts, grabs a handful of this dude's beanbags, crushes them. Which, in return, turns Suter into uh, a, some sort of lizard creature. They have this epic battle. Suter gets exploded. And then Chep loads up the, the spaceship with Simeon Crystal and decides to fucking take off. That's really how this movie ends. To call this movie bizarre is a fucking understatement. Now, despite what I may have said about this movie all the way through this episode, if you made it this far, I love it. I love every second of this movie. I will forever put on nostalgia goggles for this movie, and I'm not ashamed to even say that. I can watch Suburban Commando over and over and over, and I will never get tired of it. It's Hogan's best movie, with Mr. Nanny being a close second, and that really does say a lot. It's a lot better than watching him with that shitty hairpiece that he had in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Or that weird classic, that Christmas classic to be exact, Santa Claus with Muscles. 
Yeah, that actually exists. The full movie is on YouTube. Also, Suburban Commando is on YouTube in its entirety for free. That's actually pretty rare because for years I looked for that movie and it was always cut in pieces and I was always having to have to buy it. So, catch this movie for free while you can on YouTube. Also, I'm on Instagram at slash underscore Morris. And also the podcast page slash underscore vision underscore TV. I hate the fact that I have to use underscore and say it a whole bunch of times. It will bother me to no end. But we're not here for that bullshit. Until next time. (laughs) 